Hey, hey, everybody. If you're listening to this, you are listening to the first free hour of this episode of The Shift with Doug McKenty. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing to the show in order to access the full feature-length versions of the podcast, as well as have access to the Members Forum, where we discuss potential topics and interviews and dive deep into the overall concept of The Shift. For only six bucks a month, not only do you get the full-length episodes, but also an opportunity to co-create with me, your host, Doug McKenty, the future of the show. Go to www.theshiftnow.com or patreon.com backslash the shift and sign up today in order to help make the shift possible. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Morning, noon, or night, wherever and whenever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I am your host. My name is Doug McKenty. This program was recorded on November 5th, 2020. Today, I welcome editor and principal writer for the blog The Freedom Articles, Makia Freeman, onto the show for a big-picture discussion about the state of the world. Initially waking up from the Matrix through the discovery of the works of David Icke, Makia quickly came to the realization that the world was not as it is portrayed through the mainstream media sources. For the last eight years, he has been writing and collating the works of others in order to educate the public as to the inner workings of an elite class that has been colonizing the world for centuries and continues this work into the modern day using the tools of religion, education, and media to socially engineer a compliant and unsuspecting working class whose labor and energy is manipulated into fulfilling a technocratic agenda whose ultimate goals are known only to those at the top of this patriarchal pyramid. To date, the Freedom Articles is comprised of over 600 essays extrapolating this worldview and is the perfect resource for those seeking to understand the big picture. Makia offers information about many specific topics of interest, so no matter what rabbit hole has caused a glitch in your matrix, you can find information that not only reveals the hidden hand behind your issue, but also connects the dots that provides a holistic view of current and past events, providing the ability to understand how so many seeming coincidences ultimately stem from the same common cause. I recommend checking out thefreedomarticles.com as a go-to source for news and information on a variety of topics, which together represent a worldview that cannot be denied by anyone with the integrity to follow the data, no matter where it leads. As always, you can find out more about The Shift, as well as discover over 120 interviews over the last 10 years of my work at theshiftnow.com. The podcast can also be found on YouTube, Facebook, and a variety of other social media outlets, as well as your favorite podcast provider by searching for The Shift with Doug McKenty on the venue of your choice. If you like what you are hearing, please like, subscribe, and share this information as in this age of shadow banning and outright censorship, we rely on listeners like you to distribute this information to the broader public. Enjoy this conversation between myself and Makia Freeman of the Freedom Articles. I want to thank him for agreeing to this interview, and thank you for helping to make the shift. Hey, everybody, and thanks for watching. This is the 60th episode of The Shift. I'm joined today by Makia Freeman. He is the principal editor and writer at uh, thefreedomarticles.com. I'm looking forward to this conversation because uh, I get to have a big picture conversation. been having a lot of interviews lately, um, scientific interviews about very specific issues. Um, but today with Makia, I get to just have fun and do what I like to do the most, which is try to figure out what the heck is actually going on in the world. Um, Makia has been writing now for 
uh, quite a number of years. The site's very extensive. He's got a, a backlog of material on the blog and um, lots of different um, lots of different information and different topics that have been uh, really explored in depth. So um, we'll get into it here. Makia, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Doug. For sure. Do you want to just, why don't you talk about the Freedom Articles for, for a couple minutes? How long have you been doing it and uh, what prompted you to go in this direction? Sure. Well, I've been researching the the worldwide conspiracy, the New World Order, for a long time now. It's probably coming out 15 years. And I started this blog around 2012. So it's been going about eight years. I have about 600 articles. There's other writers there too. And I do get into a lot of, um, you know, health, um, sovereignty solutions, things like that. But I specialize in, in the conspiracy aspect of really digging down deep, going down rabbit holes, finding out what the plan is, what these people that really run the world, what they want to do, how they're doing it, mm-hmm. just exposing all this so people can be aware of it and 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 um, and we can do something about it. I, I'm an optimist. Despite all this information being very heavy, I, I do believe that we can defeat this. We just need to wake up to what's going on. Right. It's such a challenging job. I think I'm in the same boat uh, as you. A few years after 9-11, I kind of figured out that buildings can't fall at free fall speed straight down into their own footprint because planes hit them from the side. You know, (laughs) something clicked, something happened that like, wait a minute, I don't think this makes sense. Um, So yeah, it's been, it's been a few years for me too. And it, it, well, you know what did have you always kind of felt this way, or were you raised in, in a in a in a kind of a typical family where you were you know engaging in the in in the typical narrative, and then what happened to kind of wake you up? I think most of us have this initial rabbit hole that we go down. Yeah, I I, I grew up in a normal family. I come from Australia originally, so mm-hmm. you know I just grew up in a city there, and and um believing in big pharma and, and the government and everything. And, um, you know, I, I had a, a distrust for authority, though, that the, the, um, the, the rebel in me came out of my teenage years. And in my, in my 20s, I was traveling the world a lot and backpacking around. And I remember coming across a book by David Icke, and it just kind of came my way by accident, fell into my hands, really. And I read that book, and, uh, you know, it totally transformed my life. I mean, yeah. I was never the same after that, because it's, it's one of those things where once you realize what how you've been lied to and what the world really is and how it, it's completely different to what you thought. And it, 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 for me, it just shattered my worldview. And I knew that there was no going back after that point. Um, it just opened my eyes to, to what was really going on. And I'm, I'm a very curious kind of guy. So I, I just, it, it, that, that book, I, I think it was, um, and the truth will set you free, but I've read a lot of David Icke's books. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just got the fire going in me to want to dive down deeper into this more and more. So I've, I've been researching all this stuff now full time for about 15 years. And, um, you know, the rabbit hole just keeps keeps getting deeper and deeper. Right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It happened. I, I was uh, into um, politics and economics, you know, and things just didn't make sense. And I started getting into it. Um, it was probably the creature from Jekyll Island that that did it for me where I learned about the Federal Reserve. And it took me, it's actually, it took me a while to get, to go full David Icke, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, just some of the things that Ike says uh, sounds so far out when you first get into it. But, yeah. um, you know, now it's like Ancient Aliens is my, is my favorite show on TV, you know? Right, right. Because you start to be like, wait a minute. I mean, once you realize that they're lying to you about something, 
um, then you have to wonder what else they're lying to you about, you know, and it just starts to expand and expand and, until you're realizing that there is this worldwide conspiracy going on that these guys have been doing this for a long time. Uh, and there's a lineage to it and there's something and they're not, you know, the common people uh, are not exposed to this knowledge. And some of us, for whatever reason, um, have decided to go down this path and it becomes more and more obvious over time. You can't believe that nobody else uh, can see it. You know, I mean, it's like, why can't you explain it to other people? It gets frustrating. But let's, um, you mentioned having a distrust in authority because I think that's what you and I have in common. <laughs> and I've, I find that is really maybe the common thread. Even as the COVID thing came on, I started, you know, you kind of get a, you're going to wear a mask. You're not going to wear a mask. What do other people think, you know? And I started to realize what was interesting. I thought there were going to sort of almost be some battle lines that were kind of drawn. And what I started to notice was that eh, most people, when they go to the grocery store, they don't mind wearing a mask. But how do they act when they're when you just meet them, you know, behind the scenes when you're alone with an individual? And, and I discovered that everybody had a different take on it, you know, and actually very few people were hardcore about it when you meet them one on one. And uh, I started coming to the conclusion that it was all about their relationship with authority. You know, if people really believe in the authority, they're going to follow these guys no matter what. Um, and if they, you know, if they. Most people probably trust the authority to some extent, but they don't, you know, they're not going to go all the way. They're not giving away their entire, you know, critical thinking abilities to the authority figures and, and they're willing to bend the rules, you know, in certain social situations. It's just a characteristic that I've noticed. Um, it really defines how people react when the state pulls something like what they're doing with COVID. I guess, I mean, you could touch on that, but we could also just talk about the whole COVID thing in general, since obviously that's really what we're dealing with right now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, why don't you just respond to that? What are your thoughts in general? Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a great place to start. And it, it is really important, an important thing to remember because we're in the middle of a massive psychological operation. That's what it comes down to. I mean, we can talk about masks and vaccines and world government, all of that, but right. um, really it, it's, it's about hijacking people's perception. It's about getting them on board with this, getting, you know, as, as Adolf Huxley said, Huxley said in uh, Brave New World, getting them to love their servitude. Um, so it's, it's really all aimed at, at, at that, you know, belief in authority. And so I've, I've followed a lot of great, uh, Thinkers such as Larkin Rose, James Corbett, other other people who you know promoting mm -hmm. anarchism or libertarianism mm -hmm. or voluntarism, and it you know Larkin Rose talks about how it's just just this so small a thing, just this little belief in people's mind, the belief of authority, but from that flows all of this architecture of control because you know even just looking at the the presidential um, mess, the presidential selection. I mean. Whether it's Biden or Trump that ends up winning, people still have this belief in authority. They still believe that there's going to be one man or it could be one woman in the future who mm -hmm. can rule 330 million people and has all this power, way more power than one person could ever handle and, and should ever you know, have the responsibility of. And so the problem is this system, but there are, there are still currently too few people questioning the whole system of why do, why do we need this kind of control? Why can't we come up with systems that are more decentralized and uh, voluntary in nature and find right. ways to run run society and run things well and efficiently without this structure of control? So, um, yeah, like once once you start questioning that, um, you can you can really uh, go deep and, and open your eyes to what's happening more and and um, you know part 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 of the 
you know, the propaganda and, and brainwashing that stops people from doing that is that they take the controllers take this word like anarchy and then they give it negative connotations like anarchy means chaos or violence or riots. And right. it doesn't mean that if you look at the actual meaning of the word, it simply means without a ruler or the absence of a ruler. And that's that is how humans often self-organize in, in smaller groups. We we find ways to work with each other where there doesn't always have to be a ruler. And um you know, I, I have I have great faith in the in the spirit of, of human nature that we can work together without these strict structures of, of hierarchy and control. And that's that's really important for people to to look at that before anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually I mean, that's uh, uh, probably what actually started my my entrance into this whole world was um, reading Murray Murray Rothbard and becoming a, a voluntarist or a, an anarchist. I kind of started as a libertarian and then moved in that direction. And I'm finding that a lot of us have that perception. I've ended up doing a lot of interviews actually with anarchists in the last few months. Um, because I, you know, I try to, I try to break the perception of, of the, the, the crazy chaotic anarchist and, and let people know that we're just people that um, believe in decentralization of power and that individuals, you know, have inherent the inherent ability to make choices for themselves and as long as they're not hurting somebody else you know it's such an it's such a basic simple philosophy it's amazing that other people can't get on board with it you know if you don't hurt somebody else then why do you care about you know their business so much that we're trying to constantly you know having these political arguments about what we should put into our bodies or how we should treat ourselves in terms of healthcare or, you know, as if everybody has to agree before one of us can make a personal decision. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I agree. It, it is crazy that, that people um, are so conditioned into thinking like that, but it's really brainwashing. It's really just so much programming and propaganda for so many years that, that gets people to stray away from the natural philosophy of just, you know, do what you want as long as you're not hurting others and, and, and stop trying to force people to, to do things that's, you know, in violation of their inherent rights. And, yeah. and that's what they, you know, and they use every argument in the book to try to do that. That's what they've done with the masks, with all this rubbish about you could be an asymptomatic spreader and you could be killing grandma. And, uh, and then, you know, they're going to use it with the vaccines that you're, you're like a danger to the community if you don't get vaccinated. Like they, they pull it out all the time, all this kind of guilt and shame and, and playing on people's fear, but it, it doesn't, when you look at it clearly, it just doesn't stand up. It is amazing. Uh, you wrote the one, in fact, I think the reason why I got in touch with you because you wrote an article about how if you use the CDC, this, what was it? The CDC this month admitted two times, you know, to these, these statistics that if you take them for their word, it blows their entire narrative. I mean, you can use the CDC's own statistics consistently to disprove their COVID narrative. And yet people still don't get it. I mean, the mainstream media doesn't pick it up. And uh, of course, and everybody's listening to the mainstream media and they're not going to listen, you know, even when you put these statistics from the CDC in their face, it's nuts. Yeah, you know, it's it's a funny thing that's happened with with this whole COVID thing. It's it's almost like people have made up their minds now, and that the time to influence people was in March when when this was all being rolled out, mm -hmm. maybe April, May. But people kind of made up their minds, and then they said, okay, like I'm just going to sit on the side of the fence. If they believe the official narrative, then they believe it. They're going to dutifully wear their mask. They're probably going to get their vaccine, and it's it's some people are just going to go down that path, and and no matter right. what. Um, 
And there's so much information that's come out since March. There's so many holes in the official story. And that's that's even if you're just not used to this information. Um, but for me, it was it was interesting just watching this whole thing unfold, even in January and February. And and I could already see, okay, okay, I get this now. This is this is not like a real pandemic. This is not about the virus. This is about control. Because mm-hmm. even even before it like officially hit the West, you know, um, there was a 5G connection that was that was interesting that the people researchers were turning up, um, and I still think that is a factor still to this day. I, right. don't, I don't think it's the sole cause, but it's definitely a factor in my mind. Um, but just just the way that this whole thing it it so conveniently allowed the the controllers of this world, the manipulators, to roll out all their different agendas. They had the perfect excuse for more censorship, for more surveillance, for lockdowns, for more control, for shutting small businesses, for everything, pretty much everything that they wanted to do anyway. Now they had the perfect excuse. And it's, it's just too convenient when something like that happens. Like, Because I, I, I have the background researching this. And so I know that things in this world don't happen by chance. You know, If, if they happen, they're carefully planned, they're plotted out and... Um, and now, now with all these computers and all these scenarios, they they run these these elite people run all the scenarios through their computers. Um, right. Everything is is meticulously planned for. So there's just no way that this is just some kind of freak uh, virus that came from a bat and just happened to spread around the world. It's it's ridiculous to believe that. Have you been uh, listening? I don't know if you listened to the Last American Vagabond, but they they have been covering this uh, transition integrity project from yes. from last June and describing how well. Here's the scenarios that they ran. Here's how the election's going to go. It's all going to come down to Philadelphia, and they're going to have a big fight. You know, <laughs> exactly. And look what's and happening. Like, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that we're getting to the point as a community, if you want to call it that, you know, the conspiracy community or the truth or community or however you want to describe it, where we're now able to look at this, you know, oh, here's the scenarios they're running. We'll be able to call the false flags before they even happen, you know? Right, <laughs> right. still don't believe us. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of that is because the people that run the world have just been, you know, they're so used to getting away with all this stuff and, and doing it that they're not even right. particularly concerned if if they're papers and agendas are, are, are in the open you know all these rockefeller papers about operation lockstep and um and sure. planning out for the testing and tracing and tracking you know they, they they put them all out they're freely available to the public it's right there in black and white um so it's it's like the people that run the world they're so arrogant they don't they don't even think it matters anymore they they, they don't even think it you know if, if their plans are totally out in the open that, that anyone can really stop them Right. I mean, um, and I didn't, I think we're all now familiar with the World Economic Forum, uh, which helped present um, the event 201 back in October, ran that simulation that Mm -hmm. all ended up coming true exactly as planned, of course. But, um, you know, the leader, the guy that runs that, Klaus Schwab, his -hmm. book, The Great Reset, there it is, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. It's all in paper. All you got to do is read about the plan. It's right there. And they do. I think they are just so arrogant that they tell it to us all anyway, and they know it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, the, the fourth industrial revolution, I mean, that's incredible. If, if, if someone wants to, they can go right now to the World Economic Forum and look it up on their website and look at that diagram. I mean, it is, it right. is incredible. There are literally like hundreds of things that are all interconnected. I don't know what kind of um, graph this is called. It's probably got some name, but yeah. everything's connected to everything else. And, and they're, they're pulling in things like, transgenderism and climate change and <laughs> absolutely everything that they've they've kind of got on the table here they're all linking it they're all using 
COVID as an excuse to push all of this forward. It was obviously completely already their plan and COVID is just the catalyst. It's just the pretext. Um, and it's just the same old trick. You know, you get, you get people in fear, you get them out of their rational thinking mind, you get them into their reptilian brain or the amygdala right. fight or flight response. Um, you push them back into um, anxiety and worry where they're blindly trusting an authority and you push forward the plan in a way that you couldn't if, if they were in their power and they were thinking clearly and rationally. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing. I want to go back to what you were talking about with those psyops too. Like, uh, you know, I think if w- once you become aware, and it, it is actually challenging. Like, I, you know, I actually spent a lot of time because I couldn't believe, and this is, I think, the thing that that people can't believe. It's something that's very difficult for people to get over, which is that the entire mainstream media can be completely complicit in this. You know how. Can all the people be participating in the democracy? And, and I think what they don't get is that it's a uh, it's a hierarchy, and in the excuse me, they they're all participating in the conspiracy together, you know. Um, but they don't get that it's a hierarchy. People are just doing their jobs, which is how fascism always operates, and that it only takes a few people at the top to pull the strings. And I actually spent a lot of time comparing and contrasting mainstream media articles with independent media articles about the time that uh, that um, the fake news meme came out, you know, like, oh, now they're accusing us of, of being fake news. So I'm going to compare and contrast the actual, you know, the quality of the journalism from a, a New York Times or a Washington Post compared to, you know, a James Corbett, per se. And, um, you know, it was amazing. I could find where, you know, the Washington Post would have one article uh, that the only source, and let's just go back to the, uh, I'm kind of thinking about the same time the, the whole Russiagate thing was starting to happen. And that was another psyop that it just, it reminded me of what you're saying that you can poke the holes in the first month. And six months later, it's like somebody's already six months invested in believing in this stuff. And you can't take them back six months and say, but you've never proven this point. You know, you never even got off the ground with your argument. They're not going to go back there. They're, in fact, they're going to go, well, it's been six months and other people would have debunked this if it wasn't true. So now I believe it even more than ever. Uh, when the important questions were never answered at the very beginning, it was true of Russiagate where I, again, I just, just to kind of complete the, the idea where, you know, an anonymous source from the CIA would launch into some, you know, some Washington Post article, and then there'd be 500 news outlets that would link to the Washington Post article as the source, and the source is anonymous. So it's based on no, no facts, and yet the story could spread like wildfire. Everybody believes that it's true. And you see it, you know, these things get rolled out like this over and over again. And again, like you're discussing, after the first month, people don't, they're not critical of the of the misinformation they were fed that first month. They're just going with the flow. Oh, the mainstream media is going with it, so I'm going with it too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really like that. Um, Russiagate is a great example. You know, you have these people years later still, you know, so desperately wanting to defend that. And then the Mueller report came out and said, well, actually, you know, it wasn't, you know, they, they, they couldn't really prove it. Um, right. Um, but there's this quote that's attributed to Churchill. I don't know if Churchill said it or Mark Twain said it, but a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. Right. <laughs> so, so you know, it doesn't. It's not even really about truth. It's just about some catchy, sensational headline, some story that sounds good. You have splashed it all over the front of all the mainstream media, 
and it gets it gets uh, embedded in people's minds. And unfortunately, most people aren't thinking critically. They're they're not challenging it right at the base. And um, that that certainly applies to you know Operation Coronavirus, as I like to call it, because right. I mean, when 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 you take the time to dig down, um, I've I've discovered that there's really no proof that this virus even exists. I sure. mean, that's that's the crazy thing about it, and yet. Look at everything that's happened. Look at all the crazy restrictions and rules and lockdowns that governments have done. All the mask wearing, a lot, you know, staying in your house, house arrest, all this stuff. Um, that would be crazy enough, even if the virus were real, you know. But the fact that they haven't even proven that it exists, it just, it's just mind-boggling. It's so stunning. It just shows that. You, the people that run this world, they don't even need there to be a real threat, you know, to, to, sure. to gain control. They can just totally concoct a threat out of nowhere. And with their control of the media and the government and the propaganda machine, they can they can influence people's perception enough to to change to transform the world. It is outrageous. I, I mean, they could take uh, somebody getting a cold or getting the flu. And I do think there appears to be something out there that's causing this blood coagulation thing. And we can talk about whether it's been engineered or not. Right. Um, so I, I think there is something out there, but I don't, I, it's not much worse than any regular seasonal flu. And I, and I can't believe what they've been able to do with these PCR tests. Like they just crank up the PCR test to 40 cycles and then they're going to get all these positives and everybody, you know, has the crap scared out of them. And all they have to do is roll out the case numbers. They don't even have, I mean, it, it just doesn't even have, you know, that high of a, of a death count, um, except that for this particular pandemic, they've decided to count people with comorbidities, which they never did in the past. So that way they can make it look like a lot of people are dying from the thing. So uh, just so many holes in the argument. Yeah, the PCR test is a, is a massive one. And it's, it's even going to get more important as time goes on because government is still making all these policies based on this test. And there, there are several states such as New York and Hawaii, and there's probably others I'm not aware of, where they're saying people have to get a, a PCR test and it has to show be shown negative before they can be re-entered into the state or otherwise they have to do the 14-day quarantine. And um, so, so basically, people's lives have totally been upended. Their rights have been violated, all based on this test. And this test is highly flawed. I mean, this this thing is got so many problems. I mean, right right from the start of this test, you look at the inventor, Carrie Mullis, who said that this is a manufacturing technique. It's not meant for diagnosis. It's not meant to de- detect infectious disease. So it's it's been used in a wrong way to begin with. Um, they yeah. haven't got the the gold standard of of isolating the virus from human tissue in its full sequence and gone okay we've extracted it here it is they've put put it together with computer databases so it's this abstract theoretical you know i call it like a stitch stitched together frankenstein virus sure uh, and that's that's their gold standard that they're comparing against and and this this stitched together virus has uh, human sequences as chromosome eight. There's there's all sorts of human DNA in the sequences of this thing, and so of course when when um, that's your gold standard, then you go and test someone, and you find um, obviously you're testing humans. You're going to find human DNA, and you're going to find sequences in that person that may match sequences of this stitched together virus, and that's going to produce false positives. And then as you pointed out, you've you've got the cycling. Um, problem here that, that basically it's arbitrary how many cycles they do with it and if they amplify it up to 30 or 35 or 40 then the higher they go the, the more positives they're going to get until they reach a certain point where everything is positive and so it's it's um it's got so many flaws to it and yet this is the test that authorities are using to make 
you know, massive, uh, make massive impact on people's lives, like to the point where it, it, you know, this test could determine whether someone can even operate their business or leave their house or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I, I guess, you know, I'm just a little bit blown away. I think this is, I've been doing some research into the AIDS, uh, of the whole AIDS situation where they essentially kind of did the same thing. And now, you know, almost as if AIDS was sort of a precursor to um, what's been going on here because they would use the, the PCR test and it, oh, it comes out positive, you, you're HIV positive. And then they're giving you AZT and then people are dying, you know, <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, that's a good point. And it would have been interesting if Kerry Miles was still alive, you know, because he died just, just a, a little over a year ago. But and just imagine what he would have had to have, uh, he would have said about the, the way that the PCR test that he invented has totally been abused and misused. Right. Uh, and he was a big proponent that HIV did not cause AIDS. And um, he was even questioning the top scientists like uh, Gallo and Luke Montagna and others, you know, personally asked them face to face, like, what is the evidence that HIV causes AIDS? And they couldn't give him evidence. They couldn't really give him solid proof. And he was he was stunned um, when he realized that the, the deception went to that level. And so um, he talks a lot about that. You know, you can read, watch his videos or read, read um, his mm -hmm. writings about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you make a good point because this, this pattern has been repeated in the past and, and that's, that's why studying history is so important. You know, we, we see previous pandemics, they tried to pull this thing before, like these, these things were trial runs, whether it yeah. was the 1976 swine flu where they <clears throat> got everyone scared and they pushed out a vaccine and they knew that the vaccine was going to kill and injure people, but they did it anyway. And then in the end, you know, hardly any people died from the swine flu in 1976. And then there were all the other ones that have happened, the bird flu and swine flu, scares in the last 20 years, Ebola, Zika, all these things have been trial runs where it's never, ever been as bad as what they said it was. And um, there's, there's obviously questions of whether they even, there was a virus that was spreading and whether it was causing the disease they said it was, because it's so easy just for them to, to lie about this and to reclassify existing deaths or to right. recategorize existing problems, whether it's, you know, lack of sanitation or hygiene or nutrition or uh, it's toxicity from chemtrails or you know industrial pollutants i mean there's so many things that can cause disease and it's 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 easy to manufacture a pandemic when you can just lie about what the cause is and lie about the disease yeah and you've got to be really on top of the statistics to catch them the way that they phrase things i remember uh one of the first red flags for me was the difference between the case fatality rate and the infection fatality rate mm. because they were coming out with these huge case fatality rates and then being like oh my god and of course they're only testing the sickest people at that time they didn't have enough tests to test everyone and then they're advertising the case fatality rate never mentioning the the infection fatality rate, which requires you to actually estimate how many people actually have the disease, including the asymptomatic carriers, and figure out how many people are then actually dying from it. And when you do that analysis, it's not nearly as scary. And so clearly, you know, they're just using statistics uh, to frighten everyone into compliance for this for this bigger picture that we can see is going on now. I have to admit, I was a little bit shocked when it all came down. I was not expecting this. As it, as it started to roll out, I assumed uh, another viral scare like we've seen before, like the Zika virus, like the swine flu thing. And typically, you know, what I've noticed in the past is that they'll pass a big bill. 
they'll give nine or ten billion dollars to the pharmaceutical companies for for to make a vaccine, and then it you know it dwindles from the news, and that's the end of it. And uh, the coronavirus thing just kept on going. I thought they, when they shut us down, I thought for sure they were only going to do it for two weeks. Uh, I thought, yeah, there's no way people are going to stand for this. And now I'm literally, I'm still just blown away that the people are kind of bending over for all of this. It's, it's been amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been so much fraud with this, just touching back on what you were saying and, you know, mixing up the statistics, uh, confusing people, you know, um, confusing the case for telerate, infection for telerate. That's, that's very true. Uh, another thing they've done is just totally redefine what a case is. I mean, now now you take this ridiculous PCR test, it comes up positive, and then suddenly you're a case. I mean, you may have no symptoms at all. You may can be completely healthy, right? And suddenly you're a case. So then, I mean, that's that's just fraud. That's just outright fraud. Um, so so much so much fraud has happened with this fraud over the cases, fraud over the deaths with uh, classifying people as dying from the virus when they just died with the virus. Um, yeah fraud everywhere and you know and you know yeah go ahead well i just want to say that people die of old age like why is it that i mean the statistics are crazy it's something like five percent of you know i mean i think the average person who's dying is of covid is above the average mortality age you know i mean it's and and if you look at the percentages on the cdc website it's like the infection fatality rate if you're over 70 is five percent and then for everybody else, it's pretty much like a normal flu or less than a flu. Uh, and so they've exploited this. I mean, I don't think, you know, when you're 90 years old and you've had heart disease for 30 years, you've had two or three heart attacks, you know, you've got a double bypass or whatever. And then you catch a bad cold, you go to the hospital. This is how people pass away. This is how death happens. You know, I mean, right. it's just a totally right. normal, natural way for an elder to pass away is to catch a cold or catch the flu, but you know they have stage four cancer or they have you know heart disease or they have had diabetes for decades, and it's just their time to go, and it's a it's a natural part of the process. And they've managed now to count all of those as COVID deaths and inflate the numbers uh, to this outrageous level. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's the root of the scam right there. They've managed to just, I mean, people are dying naturally of old age and they're calling it COVID and they're able to say, you know, 200,000 people have died of COVID. And it's it's a travesty. It really is. I, I wish people could see it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there are some signs that people are waking up despite what I said earlier. Um, but I, I think what I'd really like to get across is that this this isn't going anywhere. You know, people are thinking, oh, you know, we were initially told, oh, it's just two weeks, just to flatten the curve. Well, that yeah. turned out to be an absolute lie. They're, they're going to push this as far as they can. Um, they're going to try to get, you know, make it normal to, to go around wearing masks. I mean, that's it's such a horrific thing. I, I read an article a few months back about how this was like a, an occult initiation ritual and yeah. the whole symbolic aspect to it. You know, they're going to they're gonna make, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this dehumanization normal. And they're going to want people to be so uncomfortable wearing them that the only way out is is to get a vaccine, um, or the only way out if you want to travel is to get this COVID pass, this immunity passport thing. Like they they want to push this as far as they can, and really the only the only way this is going to stop is when enough people stand up and say no, we've we've had it with this. When we refuse, we're not going to keep wearing masks. We're not going to keep buying into this. We're going to open our business. We're going to go about our lives. And when there's a critical mass of people that does this. And there's enough people, then then we really see who has the power because 
you know, the people that want to run the world and that are in these positions of power there, it's a very, very tiny minority. And that's what we need to remember that mm. it's, it's, it's a really small amount of people. And when you have thousands and thousands of people taking to the streets or refusing to comply, then, then that the, these people at the top are powerless, you know, they, they depend on our acquiescence to, for, for this agenda to get rolled out. Right. I mean, one of the things uh, there's there's some good and some bad. I think this is all going to boil down to uh, the vaccine. And if they can impose a mandatory vaccine or make it so uncomfortable, like are people going to draw the line? Um, It's going to be that's going to be the interesting test. Are people going to throw down and say, you can't make me inject myself with this weird mRNA vaccine? you know, yeah, that has never been produced before. And we don't really know what it's going to do to our bodies. And I'm not going to do it. Or are they going to try to push the Kobe pass? You're not going to be able to travel. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't access your bank account unless you get the vaccine. And that's going to kind of push people over the edge. And they're going to be like, well, whatever, I'm just going to take a vaccine. It's, it's going to be an interesting couple of months when they start to roll it out. To see I agree. Where people yeah. Will stand. Yeah. Cause this is, this is a real red line we're coming up to. And, um, a lot, a lot of people like you and I have been researching this for years. Um, we, we know that the agenda, this has always been part of the agenda, is, is mm-hmm. to get the nanochip or microchip or some kind of ne- nanotechnology into the human body and, and actually right. fundamentally change who we are as a human. And, you know, it's part of the transhumanism agenda. Um, but now now it's really hurtling, hurtling, accelerating towards that point. And, you know, uh, not just in the U.S. around the world, they're trying to roll this this vaccine out as soon as they can. In the U.S., there's Operation Warp Speed. Um, I believe it's called Operation Moonshot in the U.K. But in, in both the U.S. and the U.K., the military is highly involved. It's basically a military operation. So they're using the military against their you know their own citizens. Sure. Yeah. And and yeah, it, there's there's not many months left. I mean, people have got to realize like there's there's not much time left to wake up to this. Um, right. It could just be a matter of months. And uh, I really hope that. There is enough um, people are connected enough with the human spirit and, and the spirit of freedom and natural inherent rights to, to realize what a scam this is and to not let that happen. Because once once like enough people start signing up for this vaccine or getting scared into it or submitting in some way and getting nanotechnology in their body, then it's going to be very, very difficult to, to rebel because those, you know, those nano, whether that's hydrogel or Whatever, whatever the kind of nanotechnology that, that, that is in the vaccine, whatever it is, uh, once it's in your body, you, re- you will have no control over what, what they're going to do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. that thing can transmit and receive signals. Um, so you're allowing like a, a massive amount of control over your body, over your emotions, over your thoughts. You don't even know what. Like we don't, we don't even know the extent of control that these things are going to do to us. But right. um, it, we're basically, if, for people to do that would be to seed that they're in sovereignty on, on a, like a massive scale. And so this is what we're facing in the next few months. I mean, it's, it's, it's really like come to this. And um, I hope that there's, there's enough connection to the human spirit uh, of, of enough people around the world that, that the vaccine thing is going to be their red line. And that's going to be what, what, what it takes for them to, to actually stand up and resist. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no question. People people are about to have to make some really hard choices, and um, it's going to be clutch uh, in, to, in, as, as far as determining how the next 10 or 20 or 30 years is going to go. The transhumanist thing has always been something that's really far out you know, for people to go. It's hard to go. That I think the, popula- the full population control agenda and the transhumanist agenda are kind of like you know, it's one thing to, to be a 9-11 truther. It's another thing to go full transhumanism. 
But since this mRNA thing has been coming out and I've been, um, you know, I've interviewed a lot of scientists now. I've been inundating myself with, with the science of what's going on and trying to talk to the, you know, some pretty smart people. And I've had to learn a lot <laughs> of science and I've actually been really shocked at, um, like the where they're going with it. I mean, what I didn't really fully understand. I mean, we've. All, I think if we're if you're in the scene, you've heard about the transhumanism thing. But like you're talking about now, they start rolling it out, and DARPA's been working on this hydrogel technology. And you're like, what is that? You know. And now I'm starting to get to a place where I'm wondering if. I mean, you've got the the glyphosate. You've got the vaccines uh, with the heavy metals and these retroviruses inside of them. You've got all of these other technologies. You've got the Morgellons disease, if you're familiar with that, which is like, have they been toxifying us with these with this platform, you know, for decades now? Have they been prepping us in a way for the mRNA vaccine or something else or the 5G that can kind of trigger into like you're talking about complete loss of individual sovereignty and, and total ability to be controlled electronically through, you know, through these outside mechanisms through the, you know, the internet of things. And it's fast. It's, it's phenomenal to me, actually, the more I delve into this, the more that that technology, this they've, they've clearly, they've been working towards this. And now clearly with the COVID operation, it seems like they're implementing this, right? I mean, this is not a, a crazy notion. This appears to be where things are headed. If, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 all being planned out that the virus is um, or the the uh, threat of the virus, the fake pandemic has ushered all of this in. And it, this has been going on for a long time. Yes, yeah, so I, I am familiar with Morgellons. Right. Um, you know, watching watching that arise, like information started coming out about that about 10 years ago. Um, and then it's linked to chemtrails and then watching different people who have suffered from it and, and taking videos of these, these things crawling in their skin and the, these synthetic fibers that seem to have a life of their own and people going through like monstrous amounts of pain, trying to get them out, trying all these different things. Um, actually, there's a guy called Clifford Carnicum who um, I think has done some of the best research on it. He's he's devoted a lot of his uh, years of his life to trying to understand what Morgellons is and yeah. helping people get, get them out of their body. And he has some red wine tests where... Um, he found that red wine was one of the best uh, substances to help people get them out. But, but yeah, right. I mean these these things are real. That the this technology exists. It's it's already been deployed through chemtrails or, or other things. Um, uh, there was a study done by Italian scientists in 2017 where they found that the, you know, they were coming from a more mainstream perspective, but they found that accidental so-called accidental nanotechnological contamination of vaccines was incredibly widespread. And they basically found almost every element on the periodic table um, in nano, nano um, measurements was contained in vaccines. And, um, and they were really alarmed by this going, whoa, you know, like, what is this, this, this is stuff, a big problem? Right? Yeah. What, what is, is all this, this stuff? Because stuff? it's not listed on the ingredients, you know, yeah. like all this stuff is in there. <laughs> um, and so they, they were just kind of like, oh, well, you know, we, we were just going to assume for the purposes of this paper that this is an accidental contamination, not deliberate. And, you know, then I think they they suggested that there were some ways to, that, the, that it could be cleaned up or this could be prevented. But later on, those scientists got raided. And I believe that the paper was, um, you know, there was pressure uh, to put on it to be retracted and maybe digger retracted. I don't know. But sure. um, that, that was just a few years ago. And they were analyzing... You know the main big pharma companies and their vaccines. Um, so who knows? Who knows how how far this agenda already has gone? Yeah. Um, but but if 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 
you know, my, my perspective on this is that this, none of this is accidental because if, if you really dig deep down into like what, who's, who's really running this and what's the agenda, it, it does end in some kind of non-human force that's, that's trying to overtake humanity and, and turn us, turn us into something that, that is utterly horrifying. And it's not, it's not human. It's, it's machine. It's, it's synthetic, mm-hmm. it's artificial. Um, and, then the nanotechnology is kind of like the it's, it's just a manifestation of this it's just the the infiltration of, of this force um trying to basically um violate our sovereignty that's how i look at it yeah i mean it's it's the total objectification of the human body to a place well it's just a complete lack of empathy i mean sometimes i actually have you learned to use this um psychological analysis on it i mean i think a lot of people you know look at certainly the 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 wealthy billionaires who are who are controlling everything as as narcissistic personalities i mean we have you know we have a sociopathic leaders that are that are leading us down this path but um, like you're saying, they're turning us all into machines. They don't have any, there's some kind of absence of appreciation for, you, you know, emotional, biological existence, uh, you know, love and life and happiness. They, they only see us as, you know, laborers and slaves and, and they need us to be more controlled so we can get the work done for them. And it might not even be the wealthy people. Like you're talking, it's not just the people, but maybe there are these entities behind them. Maybe it's the ETs or, or, or other dimensional beings. I mean, you know, they're getting their information from somewhere, it seems. And the evidence that at least that um, the upper classes engage in uh, some kind of uh, occult practices is overwhelming. You know, oh, you yeah, get into the sure. pedophilia sure. here and, yeah. the, and the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, so I've, I've looked at looked into this area for, for a long time. I mm-hmm. mean, one only has to look at things like Bohemian Grove or... Um, uh, other other stories, you know, in the UK, it has to do with the British royal family. Um, the the elite that run the world are steeped in this occult. Uh, these are these are activities, and they're steeped in occult symbolism. And this isn't just some kind of hobby for them, something they do on the side for fun. I mean, it seems there's like real legitimate um, Satanism going on in these, and and there's these these things are ritualistic, and they're using. Um, these these sites and these symbols and these dates to conduct rituals and it's it's black magic. They're opening themselves up to who knows what other mm. other demonic forces and there's demonic possession going on. They're getting possessed by whatever whatever this thing is and then that is then um, controlling them and 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 pushing this agenda out. And these the, the, these people that that we think of as a puppet masters are actually just puppets to this force. Right. Are, just out of curiosity, are, are you familiar with the concept of archons? I think David Icke talks about this yes. a little bit, but the Gnostic archons and the Gnostic, the, which is the old European spirit path, really, where, yeah, they, I mean, they had a whole mythology about this sort of mechanical spirit entity that, you know, couldn't live in the, in the atmosphere, but could, you know, control people's minds or c- communicate with people and, um and, you know, that wanted to turn us into this mechanical force. And it's just, I mean, just the idea that 4,000 years ago, people understood that there was this, I mean, I think they were typically described as insect-like because they didn't have the technology to understand what a robot looked like, you know, right. <laughs> but they, but they clearly, they're de- describing this mechanical or mechanistic force, um, 
And it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, just in terms of the universe of, you know, metaphysics in general, the yin yang, you know, there's the, in Greek, there's um, techne and bios, the different concepts of, you know, biological life and technological engineering and these two different, or the Apollinian and the Dionysian. I mean, a lot of people discuss it in a lot of these different terms, but clearly this group of people is involved in some kind of spirituality that promotes this very technical view of life, very um, mechanistic. And they're apparently, you know, imposing that on those of us in the lower classes um, where they keep a lot of that knowledge occulted. We're not allowed to know what's going on. We're fed this mainstream media narrative. We're arguing over who's going to win the election, you know, <laughs> and they're imposing this larger system. And it's, it's pretty crazy, really. Um, you know, kind of took me a long time to actually, uh, I, I think I've always sort of known that it was there, but I've just certainly been becoming more and more aware. And with the COVID thing, it's almost as if they're playing their hand. Like you start to follow the COVID thing and every rabbit hole is now leading. Like clearly this is what they're starting to implement. Yeah. Yeah. It's well said. Um, I, I have followed David work, David Icke's work on archons. I think he's done some great work there as have uh, others. And yeah. I think there's a whole lot of truth to it. I, I, I do think there are, some kind of entities or other entities that are interdimensional or, you know, they're not, they're not exactly of this world. Um, and there's when, when the elite do these horrible satanic rituals with pedophilia or human sacrifice or whatever, they're opening up channels to, to be possessed by this thing. It's a two way, two way channel. So basically they, you know, their minds and bodies get possessed by this thing and then information comes into them or the agenda and then they roll out the agenda i, I think that's what's happening and mm -hmm. to, to someone that's not familiar with with all of this that, that might just seem like it's absolutely far out and crazy but right. um you know i've i've looked at the whistleblower testimonies of people who've been at these rituals and, and what they've said and um and you know there's even even movies like eyes wide shut stanley kubrick sure, you know, the last right. movie he made before he died um he he i think was trying to show this this reality as well um as as best as he could um he probably died for it but um yeah i, I think the evidence is overwhelming that that this is this is what these people at the very top engage in and um it it doesn't it doesn't really make sense um from from like a human perspective as to why why the elite would do this you know why why would they poison the earth with chemtrails when they have to breathe their, their own air or sure. why why would they roll out this agenda when like it's they could they, they can end up getting caught in the system as well and caught in the network and trapped themselves like aren't they just hurting themselves but they're not they're not doing it um from a, from a place of of true you know sovereignty and rationality uh they're they're, they're possessed themselves they've they've given over their souls to this thing and right they're just kind of puppets rolling out the agenda for it. Well, and in a, I think part of it is that age old quest for immortality too. They're thinking they're going to upload their consciousness into a robot that's going to live forever. And, you know, they're continuing. It's just like an addiction to the power and immortality. And I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of these leaders, they're, they're psychopaths, you know, they've, I, they've lost, they've lost connection to their own soul and their yeah. heart and, the, and their empathy. And uh, they've become very, totally left brain and, and mechanistic and technological. And yeah, they, they're buying into this ridiculous fantasy that somehow we can upload our consciousness and, and live forever. Right. And 
that that's just so ridiculous um it sounds crazy that, but they're yeah. but they are crazy i mean they are it is yeah. psychopathy and so you you yeah. can't think rationally to understand why they're doing this you know you, right uh, right um I do. I just wanted to say because you know what we're talking about sounds so crazy to people that have been raised in the normal system, you know. And when yeah. you start talking about magic or interdimensional beings or uh, this kind of thing, it sounds so far out. And I just one of the things that that it's clicked for me is that like l- literally every other culture in the history of the world has has thought like this. Like we're, this isn't crazy. What's crazy is that there are so many people in the world today that don't think there are star people and don't understand that you can do ritual magic and, you know, and, and tune in to the the other side. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I think once you realize that, I mean, for me, I made a transition to going, wow, you know, all of these people who are walking around here, believing that their science is the best that's ever, you know, been. And, and uh, that everything is very materialistic and you're just a crazy superstitious person if you think like an indigenous person thinks that you can do ceremony and ritual and you can, uh, you know, it's possible to, to tune into the this other side, this other dimension, that there are these other dimensional beings, that it's those people that have lost touch with reality, you know, <laughs> because, I mean, you're like me, we were raised... Um, you know, in this kind of normal consciousness. And a lot of people who are listening to this are going to, are going to have been raised in the typical Western scientific way of thinking. And it sounds so crazy to get outside of that. But, you know, at this point, I've realized that really literally every other culture has thought this way and that we are the ones who have been colonized into a culture where the knowledge is occulted into only the upper class, you know, so the upper class knows this is true and they're doing these rituals and they're using it for their own power. And the rest of us are running around thinking we're so smart because we're using this materialistic science that they let us have, you know, but, um, it's yeah, just, that, that's, it's that, crazy. that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And, 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 um, a lot of this comes back to what we were talking about at the start with perception, because once people's perceptions are molded, and, and, and narrow down to this materialistic scientific way of looking at the world, then these other things that other cultures have just have, you know, um, practiced and used and saw and experienced seem, seem completely crazy because yeah. we've become, you know, like left brain prisoners. And um, yeah, you make a very good point about the archons. I mean, they were called jinn in Islamic tradition. Um, there were lots, you know, demons in Christian tradition. There's lots of names for them. Um, other world entities that hijack the mind and, and can possess people. And um, they've, they've, you know, obviously, obviously other cultures have, have warned about them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I read the books of Carlos Castaneda uh, when mm-hmm. I was younger and, right. um, and they're brilliant, by the way, I recommend yeah. them to anyone. But um, uh, the, in, in those books, they talk about these entities and um, uh, the, the kind of the teacher of, of the author who's called Don Juan, he talks about it being like a mud shadow and a hijack, like a foreign entity that's hijacked the human mind and basically makes it think like it. And um, so this, this idea is not new. It's, it's been around a while. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of this is really just about reclaiming our perception and being, being open to new information, new ideas without, you know, having a knee jerk reaction and being closed minded and shutting it out, just just Mm -hmm. trying to open to this stuff because, then the knowledge is out there. We have the internet and a lot of information is being shared. And so if there's people out there that 
really want to know the truth that, that, that they can do it. They just need to remain open and keep keep digging and keep searching and and also using their intuition, not not being stuck in in the left brain mind of like, well, there's no evidence for this, and that I, you know I can't prove this, so I'm going to like say that it's false. I mean, there's a lot right. of stuff I've researched where I can't 100% prove it, but I'm using my intuition and my knowledge to, to lead me in a certain direction. And I believe, you know, I, I believe that humans have like a truth sensor inside of it. each, each one of us has a truth sensor. And I, <clears throat> that's not just the mind. It's, it's the whole body, including the heart and the intuition. And so I encourage people to, to use their whole body and, and their intuition when they're trying to figure out what's true. Which is, which is another thing that all other cultures believe, except for this particular white, like colonized culture, which we think, you know, we're all, all, we're all thinking with our minds. Most, almost all other cultures believe that intelligence lies in the heart. Yes. Um, and that is extremely important. And, and then also, yeah, I mean, other cultures like, you know, it took me, I've, I've done a, a lot of Tai Chi. So the, like the, the Chinese system always talks about how your organs hold different emotional energy. And that was a, a big piece of cognitive dissonance that I couldn't believe forever. Like you, when you're raised in the Western system, you're thinking that, no, if I can't prove it objectively, it's not true. And what this actually does, is, I, I was trying to remember the name of the, is it the Yaki way of knowledge, the Carlos Castaneda books, the Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And I, because I always tripped out on that. What does that mean? The way of knowledge, like, you know, and, and now that I've tried to do a lot of this other work about like, what is a spirit path? Because that in the, in the, these ways of knowledge, they really are talking about expanding your intuition and, re, and reducing your cognitive dissonance and being open-minded. The more open-minded you are, the more than your awareness you can just see your awareness gets higher. I mean, even though like in the concept of chi, they'll call it awareness energy is what it, it, it is. It's not like you learn in a book by going to school, like, you know, in, in the way that most of us have been taught, it's like you learn to open your mind and then perceive better in the moment. It's not about how many books you've read or, you know, um, and it's a totally different way of thinking, but when you get turned on to it, um, uh, the, that cognitive dissonance, you're working, you're constantly working on opening your mind and improving your ability. It's not like thinking logical, like you talk about it as the left brain being trapped in the left brain, you start to get a more holistic view. And then you start to be able to see these connections become more and more obvious. It's just sort of obvious. You don't need to prove every detail to yourself anymore. Um, and then the possibilities that something like, um, you know, these, these, fourth dimensional beings, um, you know, become, become a possibility in your mind. It could be, you know, I don't know how the world works. <laughs> and so maybe this is how it's working. And you start to then be able to put this larger puzzle piece together that, oh, you know, this is what the upper class is tapping into. Um, and maybe, and I like to think that we can learn how to tap into that energy too, but use it in a positive way and not into in a negative way. Um, but the challenging thing is that I'm confronting right now, and I've been dealing with this. I've even done an interview about it. I think I'm going to do a little bit of a series is this cognitive dissonance that you confront in the majority of the people. I almost wonder if it's worth it to try to convince the majority of the people, or should I just preach to the choir and get us all together to, you know, to kind of 
figure out how we're going to deal with this into the future because changing other people's minds is an impossible task if they don't want to be changed. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I know what you're getting at. Uh, I I think that uh, it's important that everyone speaks their truth in this time and in this age of mass censorship with you know, Twitter right. censoring the, the U.S. president it's crazy, and, right? um, and, you know, Facebook and Twitter censoring stories from the New York Post about Hunter Biden and, you know, screwing photo neuro girls while high on cocaine. And, you know, <laughs> right. they're, they're, you know they don't want to put that out. But if, if suddenly that was a Republican's president's son doing that, well, it would be every, everywhere. I mean, it's, so it's, you know, it's just farcical, really. But um, the, I, th- I think... Um, it is important for everyone to, to put out information and, and um, you know, some people aren't going to be ready. They, they're going to be close to it and that's okay, but other people are going to be touched by it and it's going to start planting a seed and it's going to start, you know, cracking open the, the shell of awareness. And um, one thing someone said to me recently, which I liked was that when you, when you're talking to people, normal mainstream people who can't really see this stuff, you got to remember that they're, they're kind of, um, brainwashed in their own way and and the way that you help someone out of that is not by necessarily asserting statements it's by asking questions it's a bit like the socratic method sure right and and so i always think it's good to ask questions and then let people kind of um you know meditate like reflect or meditate on on the questions and it kind of goes deeper and hopefully that that process can help show them that there's cognitive dissonance going on and then they have to go off and resolve that and that that's a kind of a more gentle way of waking them up like you know have you thought about this or like how you know how do you explain this or that and you just just kind of ask a few key questions each time you see them and um maybe that's a more effective way than coming out and trying to prove it with with facts or whatever yeah yeah it's a, it's like when uh, when you get into an argument or you're trying to prove something logically, you actually can trigger people into that fight or flight mode where they're suddenly in, in a defensive position and they're not as open to new ideas as they might otherwise be. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting state of affairs, I gotta say that. Um, we can, now that we've kind of laid a foundation, I wanted to revisit this notion that you were talking about of the whole mask wearing thing as a kind of a, a cult a ceremony. Because when we see the spirituality of these upper classes, um, and we can posit that this is what's happening, that they're actually engaging in this kind of uh, satanic or, you know, demonic possession where they're maybe they're channeling this information as to how to centralize power and how to mechanize the world and push this transhumanist agenda, um, we can start to see like, why, you know, what is going on with the whole COVID thing? What is going on with the, you know, isolated home, shelter in place, mask wearing, and all of that? And this discussion, I think, is important to have in terms of, of this, like, this cult ceremony of trying to transition us into a, into a new age. Yeah, that's a good question. So I wrote an article in July this year called Exposing the Occult Corona Initiation Ritual. And I wrote this because I'm already familiar with with this whole background of the New World Order of using black magic, of using ritual in a in a negative way to basically control and uh, uh, negatively influence people. So, um, you know, I'm 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 kind of coming from that perspective, and I understand that for people that aren't aren't familiar with that, you know, this this would just seem kind of bizarre and out there again. It would seem far out. Like, 
what, like what, what the government's just asking us to wear masks just to protect our health. Like what, what's you know what's this got to do with anything? But there there's always a symbolism to what what's going on in the world. And and there was a famous Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu who said that symbols rule the world, not mm-hmm. rules or laws. And that that's speaking to it's not it's not the left brain of the logic and the proof and the evidence, the rules and laws. That's that's only the surface. The symbol, symbolism is much deeper. It communicates in a deeper level. It's 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 nonverbal. It goes often you know bypasses the conscious mind and goes straight into the subconscious and it's it's communicating to us all the time but a lot of people are not aware of symbols and they're symbolically illiterate and so they have no idea what what the symbol means or what it's really communicating to them or you know it's it's a frequency i mean it's basically putting them in in as like a certain energetic state sometimes and so this whole thing is very symbolic um so you know you you look at the the start of this there was lockdown and there was quarantine so all of that is symbolic of represent uh, sorry it's it's representative of isolation mm-hmm. and that's that's really the start of any ritual uh whether you use a ritual for, for good or bad i mean there's white magic there's black magic people can use rituals for wonderful beautiful things or for negative things it's it depends on their intent but rituals normally start with some kind of isolation because it's separating the the person who's about to be um initiated from their normal life you know, so you, you you get you separate them from their friends and their family and their normal environment where they feel comfortable. You shut them off from their phone, computer, email, social media, and so it's sensory deprivation. Often they they go into a dark room or a cave, which which is kind of uh, suggestive of a, a rebirth from a, a dark womb. You know, it's it's basically like okay, we're going to separate this person now. They prepare them to be reborn and remade. Um, so that. That that whole aspect of the ritual was was in the lockdown and quarantine, right? Then there was a there was a focus, which I guess is still going on a bit, of of the hand washing, and suddenly everyone became completely OCD about washing their hands twelve times a day. And uh, apart from like the the fact that we're using all these like uh, alcoholic and pesticide ridden laden. Um, you know, stuff for our hands, which is like horrible for our health. But on another level, you know, the hand washing brings up for me the story of Pontius Pilate and how he rejected Jesus. You know, he like yeah. washed his hands and said, "I'm like, I'm not having any anything of this." So, question is, okay, so there's an element of rejection here. Who or what has been rejected? Well, perhaps it's the old normal, and we've got this whole new normal thing. So maybe the old normal of freedom is what's been rejected. Um, but then comes in the mask wearing, and and that's the mask wearing is is so symbolic on so many levels. I mean, firstly you have the censorship level. Literally, um, you can't speak, you can't be heard very well. Uh, you see when people write articles about censorship, often they have an, a little thumbnail image with a person with a mask over their face. So it's highly suggestive of censorship, but it's also very suggestive of submission. You know, slaves used to be forced to wear masks. There's something that's um, very kind of uh, submissive about it, right? It's, it's also giving up uh, unrestricted access to oxygen. So it's, it's also kind of, um, there's a, like a, a cramping, a limiting of, of yourself. I mean, and literally air is life, breath is life. And we, we can survive without water and food for, for a long, you know, for, for days, but we can't survive without air for, for more than a few minutes. So it's literally this kind of limitation and cramping. Then you've got the whole dehumanization aspect of it. I mean, it's it's very robotic. You know, it's it's very, un- I, I've personally felt very unsettled to see see people that I know um, and I can only see their eyes and I can't see their facial expressions. I, it's preventing me from connecting with them. Sometimes right. I don't even recognize certain people. Um, so this is this is like a horrible way to, 
to um, divide and, and distract and, and disconnect people. Yeah. Um, they talk about how kids like two, you know, one, two, three year old kids trying to learn how to talk. They can't see people's lips. They can't see their facial yeah. expressions. I mean, it's, it's really actually uh, traumatizing for people that for the toddlers that are tr- at that phase of learning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's, it's really important to have that human connection and and seeing reading people's faces seeing their lips and 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 seeing uh you, there's so much of communication that's nonverbal and that's just mm. all being cut out with this um and then you know fourth fourthly masks they're very reminiscent of robots aren't they i mean they remove individuality you know so you've got everyone um suddenly becoming more robotic and more in like uh a hive mind the 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 um uh, just to the collective um so right. that's that's another aspect of them. Then a fifth aspect is that they're reinforcing a false idea of danger. So, you know, a lot of us now have woken up to the fact that there is no pandemic, there is no real danger. This thing is a psychological operation. But for the average person, um, even if they're not really thinking about COVID, they're just going about their business. They they you know they go out of their house and they see all these people in masks. So it's just subtly and and incessantly continuously reinforcing this idea of hey there's danger hey there's a threat you can't let your guard down you've still got to be worried this thing could strike anyone at any time blah 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 right. so it's it's just another way to reinforce this false idea of danger um, but I, I would say the the last and most important part of it for me the mask is it's it's very connected in with mind control and I mean literal mind control when you look at the programs the CIA was running MK Ultra. Um, the people that have been deprogrammed and, and luckily survived this, this, you know, going through these programs, they talk about how uh, in mind control, there's a handler and the handler uses torture and abuse to force the victim to dissociate and that, you know, their minds split off and um, they create a separate identity in their mind and it's called an altar. And then a skilled handler learns how to uh, create multiple alters or personalities within the victim and then um, trigger them at will with with certain words or phrases or whatever. And this is this is how people have been programmed to become sex slaves or assassins. And this has been going on a long time. I mean, um, you can you can look back at things like the JFK assassination or um, the John Lennon assassination. Uh, a, lo- a lot of the uh, or probably the best example is actually Sirhan Sirhan. Um, uh, but there's, you know, that was Robert Kennedy. But there's, there's, there's a lot of aspects of this. There's a lot of whistleblowers who've deprogrammed, like Kathy O'Brien, who was a presidential sex slave. This has been going on a long time, and 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 unfortunately, this this has been perfected. The this idea of how to create alters using mind control to to get people to do horrific things they don't even remember. And masks are very uh, symbolic of this. They're very symbolic of the hidden aspects or personas that that are that are uh, deliberately programmed in people. So. There's a whole, there's a whole thing, you know, beneath just the simple wearing of a mask for public health that most right. people wouldn't realize. So that's, that's really what I want to kind of get people to realize. And then, getting back to the to the ritual, you know, normally the ritual, the participant is is isolated. They're taken through these trials and tribulations, and then they're brought out at the end as a new person. They're remade in a new image. So, so that's that's a little bit like the new normal, where we're being told, okay. You've done all this stuff. Now we're going to enter a new normal where we're never going to have human touch like we're used to. We're always going to be six feet apart or whatever it is, 1.5 meters in some countries. It's, it's different in every country. But point is, you know, it's basically this new human that's disconnected, that's robotic, that's um, made in the image of the new world order. And um, it's really about, you know, the overarching goal of the ritual is destroying the old and creating the new. So it's really about ripping people out from their old way of life introducing trauma getting them disconnected and then and then saying okay this is this is how it's going to be done going forward now and people are kind of too 
to in um, to in fear, to in chaos, to 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 be able to adjust, and they'd been been led along led along into this new new reality. And um, uh, my hope is that by understanding all the, the parts of the of the ritual, people can see how they're being kind of led through this like guinea pigs, and they can, we can gain awareness over it. And uh, like you said earlier, we can start using ritual white magic we can use it for good rather than mm. letting these controllers use black magic for evil well absolutely makia thank you so much for coming on the show do you want to let people know uh where they can go check out more of your work yes so you can check out my articles at thefreedomarticles.com uh, my name is makia freeman um i also have a uh, book out on natural cancer cures um uh, it's called cancer the lies the truth and the solutions it's available on amazon um also you can check out toolsforfreedom.com where i'm the senior researcher we have a lot of dvds natural health supplements and other things there um you can check out my articles on steamit as well i post them there so uh, feel free to drop me a line or um make an article suggestion and uh thank you thank you for listening Yep. Thank you so much for coming on. I'll just let my audience know that this has been The Shift. I'm your host, Doug McKenty. Uh, you can check out my stuff on uh, Facebook and YouTube at The Shift with Doug McKenty. I am on Twitter at D McKenty, and my website is www.theshiftnow.com. So you can find all my old interviews up there too. So thank you so much, Makia. I really love having these conversations, these like big picture conversations with other researchers. So this was a, this was a, a very nice um um, you know, one, one to, to kind of get the big picture instead of just focusing on isolating one part of, of, you know, going down one rabbit hole. Uh, so I think my audience is going to get a lot from it. And I know that I did too. And I, um, really appreciate your work. I'll, I'll, uh, I think I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put you up on my website because I want people to, to check out your writing. It's, um, you're really onto something there. So thanks, Doug. It's been a pleasure. Yep. You bet. We'll keep in touch. Okay. Okay, have a good one. You too. Bye. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my interview with Makia Freeman of The Freedom Articles. You can check out more of his work at thefreedomarticles.com. Uh, I really recommend it. He's got, uh, like we said in the introduction, over 600 articles, and they're all uh, separated by um, the different topics that you might be interested in. So no matter where you are, whatever rabbit hole you've been going down, you can find information about that. But altogether, the site really provides a complete holistic view uh, of what uh, I think and Makia thinks is going on in the world right now. Um, I really had a good time with that conversation. It had been a while since I'd been able to have like this kind of big picture conversation. Uh, it happens when I interview people that are bloggers or people that do other podcasts. And instead of just focusing on the specifics of one issue, we really get to, to kind of test ourselves in terms of our big picture theories and where we agree and where we disagree. Um, and I have to say, I think Mickey and I were pretty much on the same page uh, about a lot of these issues. Um, the conversation was able to spread the gamut. I mean, we talked a bit about coronavirus. We talked about what's going on right now uh, in terms of the Great Reset, in terms of the technocratic agenda, but we were also able to really cover a lot of the, the larger picture history, uh, what's going on in terms of who are uh, the elites and this elite class that's driving this agenda, the type of social engineering that's going on. And one of the more interesting things for me, and I think 
Makia is actually uh, maybe a little lucky in this regard in terms of how he just read a David Icke book and then was all the way down the rabbit hole. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, certainly it actually took me years and years to kind of break through the barrier because I just, like uh, so many people that I talked to today, I had such a difficult time breaking through all of the information that's out there, or I should say disinformation that's... Um, portrayed in the mainstream media and the mainstream educational outlets. Um, I just, um, you know, I found it so difficult to believe that journalists uh, were all in on the conspiracy, as people would say, or now, you know, all doctors in on this conspiracy about COVID and, and how it works. And it just has taken me a long time to get to a place where I realized that, um, you know, these people are just doing their jobs and they're participating in a hierarchy. This is why... Uh, I think, and McKee and I discussed this a little bit, the key is really decentralization. Uh, when you have a centralized, hierarchical, patriarchal system, such as the one uh, that is common in these uh, empire societies and these societies that have been colonizing the planet, the European cultures that uh, have been colonizing the planet for 500 years and spreading this postmodern lifestyle now across the world, um, they're hierarchical in nature. It's like a military organization. So you've got one owner who's in charge and everybody else, uh, as you go down the hierarchy, is doing their job. They have to do what they're told. And this is, I think, the essential nature of how uh, they're able to perform a lot of this social engineering work without actually involving the people that are that are closer to the bottom of the pyramid. Everything is on a need-to-know basis, um, and everybody is compartmentalized into their own special area of interest or expertise, so it makes it very difficult to get the big picture. Um, and then people just do what they're told. The journalists are writing the articles that their bosses tell them to write. The doctors are prescribing the treatments that their bosses tell them to, to write, to write. To, to, uh, to use as treatments for things like coronavirus. And if things like hydroxychloroquine aren't profitable enough, uh, then those uh, treatments don't get used. You know, only the treatments that are desired by those at the top of the pyramid. And it just, especially in the world of journalism, took me a long time to break through that. I spent uh, literally a couple of years of my life comparing and contrasting the work of CNN or Newsweek or the New York Times or the Washington Post with something like Infowars or uh, even a source like the Freedom Articles. And over time, I just realized that uh, th these mainstream sources really didn't link to primary documentation. I mean, if you stick to the facts, then you have no choice but eventually to come to the conclusion that there is something else going on uh, besides mainstream media telling you the truth or mainstream healthcare really caring about you and trying to heal you from disease. Um, these things are driven by something else. And, and McKee and I really got into uh, what this something else may be, what this uh, elite class, these people that seem to be in charge, certainly financially, are actually doing to those of us uh, that are not uh, in the need-to-know class, that have been compartmentalized into just doing our job and uh, unwilling or unable to be able to see this big picture. So I just want to recommend again that everybody go to thefreedomarticles.com and check out, it's just an invaluable resource for those of you who are interested in any of these topics. If you want to check out the banking situation, if you want to look at it from the politics point of view, from the corporatocracy point of view, or learn about technocracy, if you're interested in vaccines, uh, he's got many different topics 
all laid out. Uh, and once you check out a few articles from each one of these topics, then you can start to see this uh, bigger picture as it unfolds and see this hidden hand that's at work behind uh, all of these different aspects of our society so that you can start to tell that we're being involved in, in a great social engineering experiment. Of course, uh, the Great Reset, as described by the World Economic Forum, um, as things move forward. I just want to also finish up with a personal note about the left-right paradigm, because I'm seeing a lot of people, now that we've got the election happening, the election questioning, people wanting to look into uh, the election results, other people saying that the election was great, no problems, uh, back and forth, or you know, even things like this hydroxychloroquine treatment protocol for COVID. So many people have been influenced by the left-right paradigm that they're just trained not to think for themselves. In fact, I've run into to this, a lot of people claim to believe in science right now. And what I'm noticing is that those people don't actually read the the primary source material. They don't go to the peer review. When they say they believe in science, what they really mean is that they're listening to people at the top of the scientific hierarchy like Dr. Fauci and just assuming that what they're telling them is the truth. Um, and the same is true about the left-right paradigm. If you're a Democrat, you're listening to Democratic sources and just assuming that those talking points are the truth. If you're a Republican, you're looking at Republican talking points and assuming that uh, what you're being told is the truth. And I just want to urge all of my listeners to really uh, take up the gauntlet for yourself and understand that reason and logic is something that happens that you do. It's not something that somebody else does for you. <laughs> Um, so actually, once you give up that responsibility to do the work for yourself, it's called the appeal to authority fallacy. And I just see so many people doing this. Uh, an authority figure that they've just come to trust says something, especially if it's within the left-right paradigm, and that something is true. And if somebody on the opposite side of your perspective, if Trump says something, it must be false if you're a Democrat, if that's how you self-identify. This is confusing a lot of people, and it makes it impossible to actually get to at least as close to the truth as you can find by doing your own research, by doing your own due diligence. Uh, and the Freedom Articles, once again, is a place to go. Uh, to do that due diligence. McKee has done a great job. He's got a great set of writers uh, that he posts their work there as well. Uh, and overall, you really will get an incredible education about what's going on in the world. Very well-sourced work. Um, so I was really happy to have him on and happy to have this conversation with him. Again, check out thefreedomarticles.com for all that news and information. Uh, and um, please check out more from The Shift with Doug McKinty. You can go to theshiftnow.com for that information. I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. I've been expanding out to Minds, uh, Parlor, MeWe. I'm on LinkedIn uh, trying to get around this shadow banning that's been such a serious issue for this show uh, and start to generate some distribution. So again, theshiftnow.com. If you click on free content, you'll find over 120 interviews. Uh, and if you subscribe to the show, then you'll get access to uh, the last 20 interviews in their long form. So you get an extra uh, 10, 20 hours uh, of material from the experts uh, and the authors that I've been interviewing here in the last uh, six or eight months, and that will continue on in the future for just six bucks a month. So again, uh, check out theshiftnow.com or The Shift with Doug McKenty to find me on any of those social media sites or on your favorite podcast provider. So thanks again for listening. Next week, I'm going to have uh, an interview coming out with Foster Gamble of the Fr Thrive documentaries. I'm really excited about that one. Um, 
those guys, the Gambles, uh, through their fr- their work with the Thrive documentaries, really um, are probably as close to my interpretation of what's going on as anything I really respect. The way that they bring in ancient cultures and indigenous cultures and their ideas, uh, they have such respect for um, those cultures, those long-lived cultures that uh, were really onto something, uh, and then being able to connect the ideas within those cultures to uh, the modern science, the modern Western science that is rediscovering a lot of the information that these cultures have known, of course, for thousands of years. So stay tuned for that one. That'll be out next week. And uh, again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you, if you're listening to this, like and subscribe and definitely share to help get the information out to the general public. Uh, And you all have a great day. I'll talk to you again very soon. Take care.